everybody, welcome to our podcast. 大家好 everyone, welcome to episode five. I know, can you believe it? I know, right? It's. I still feel like you're a bit too quiet. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe that it's we're on episode five already. I know, it's, it's so weird. So we don't have anything to talk about from our previous week because we are pre-filming, pre-recording this podcast. So we've just finished our last episode, episode four. We're now doing episode five because We've just broke up from work. It's summer vacation, and <laughs> we are going away. So, Cheryl, where are you going? I am going to Japan. We are going for twelve days. <gasps> I'm very excited. Kira、so、will be、exciting. able to remember going on an airplane. So, I just want to know everything. I want to ask her how she experiences everything. I want her to tell me stories. I'm very excited that、and、she can, you know, tell me how she's feeling. You're going to Disneyland. Yes, I'm going to let her. Meet all the princesses, and maybe get a book where they, she can get you know the signature of them all. We, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'll update you all on that when we get back. That's so exciting, and、um, we actually haven't told them. Your husband not long ago had a really bad cycle. Well, we've mentioned it a little bit,、yeah. haven't we? He had a really bad cycling accident, and he's walking now, which is amazing. I'm so amazed by his fast、yeah. pro. I told you this, though. Do you remember every like when you would call me upset in the hospital? I was like, you know, Alec, he is going to be up and walking within the three months that they say he's going to be in hospital for the whole time. Like, I know your just- mind just goes to the worst, right? Of course,、so、I'm very. Happy. Happy for him, and he did ask me yesterday. I thought、uh, yesterday we went out for dinner, and he did ask me like, "Do you think I'll ever walk without a limp?" And I'm like, "Even just you walking is an amazing thing, so don't even think about that. I'm、yeah. sure by next year your limp will be gone because you're so hung up about that. Like、yeah. he just wants everything to be perfect. You know how it is. It's just all it looks when he walks right now. He just looks really tight. Yes. Like a bit, stiff. and he's got a bit of a wiggle. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, so, it's very cute. I think I think that you guys going to Japan as a family, just you guys, go have fun. I really think you deserve it, and I think you're gonna have such a good time and create such great memories for、yes. Kira. And where are you going? I know you going、um, away. Yeah, but I'm not leaving Taiwan. I'm staying in Taiwan. <laughs> Sorry, boyfriend <laughs> coughing in the background, and、uh, money on the table. Guys, can you keep it down a bit? Um. Kira, no more. <laughs> Trying to film a podcast as a mum and a fiance. <laughs> um, anyway, so、um, we're not leaving Taiwan because I'm not worried about traveling when I'm pregnant, right? It doesn't bother me. My friend was like, "God, was she seven months?" And she went to New York from England,、yeah. and she was like, "It was fine." I don't too much worry about that. But because I am pregnant, we are trying to save a bit more money, and Colin's got really—he's really busy with work right now. So we're going to stay in Taiwan, but we're going to go down to the south of Taiwan to Kending, and I have a, booked a really nice hotel. So I feel like I'm abroad. But to be honest, people pay thousand and travel miles when you live in England to go on the type of holiday I'm going on in, in Taiwan. Yes, we're really lucky to be on an island where you can go and do those things. Yes, you know. So yeah. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing. So, we did mention our topic last week, and I'm really interested. I really hope that we start getting some engagement from some viewers because I'm really interested to see what you thought of last week's episode on parenting skills, but also this week and what you think on making choices for your child. Yes. Because obviously we can't cover every aspect of it, so it'd be really interesting if you can let us know. Some things and some choices that you found difficult to make for your child at a young age that maybe you regret now. Yeah, 
Yeah. So the first one that we wanted to talk about is the risks of male circumcision. Should you circumcise your child as a baby or is that a choice that they should make? Yeah. And also because I come from, you know, a background where people, they circumcise their children without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an area in Cape Town where it is predominantly Jewish families. So for us... They always circumcise. So when you spoke about it the other day and you were like, oh, we were speaking to another friend of ours and he's male and he was like, I don't think you should do it for your child and let them have a choice. And I never saw it that way. Like if I had a boy, I'd be like, okay, yeah, well, book a circumcision. Well, he had some really interesting points. Um, Our friend, he's gay. So he's well experienced with penises, let's say. So, (laughs) and he's met a lot of people recently that don't like the fact that they're circumcised and are trying to reverse it. Yeah. And I did a bit of research on that and apparently you can't reverse it. But he was saying that there's a surgery you can have where they build the foreskin for you. But there's a lot to consider. So I looked into it where the risks associated with circumcision circumcision, when carried out by qualified and experienced doctors are very small. Mm. Okay, so there's not much risk. The main risk to having it done is bleeding, both during and after the operation. The surgeon will seal off any bleeding during the procedure and the dressing applied afterwards will also absorb any further bleeding. However, seek a medical advice if your child's penis continues to bleed after you return home. Um, Other complications that I didn't think about include pain. I did think of that, that infection, but scarring. Yeah. It can cause scarring. But the thing is, I don't know, can it cause scarring in small children? I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's small children. I just know, I think... Oh, as an adult, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think with small children as well, like if the wound doesn't heal properly or gets infected, then, and all these things can happen, then it could, it can make the scarring worse, right? So our friend was more concerned about circumcision because he said when you, especially if you become circumcised as an adult, you lose sensitivity. Mm. So then that got us all talking. Okay, but is that because you've done it as an adult? Will you lose sensitivity if you do it as a child, as a baby? You see that, and that's the difference. So me and you both know people who have done it um, as an adult. Yeah. And I had a cousin who did it when he was, I think, 21. And it took a year of recovery. And he couldn't... A year? So, yeah, a year, like, you know, because you have stitches and stuff. So for three months, apparently, you can't get an erection. So he was like, I can't, you know. And then it took about a year, like, you know, for it to... For him to use it and stuff like that. I think they just um, tell you not yeah. to use it, right? Yeah. Um, so I just know from his experience, he grew up with everyone around him being circumcised and his par- and his mom didn't do it for him when he was young. Whereas my brothers and my other cousins were. And he was like, I want to get it done. And he heard that it's, you know, for him cleaner and better so he booked himself in and did it right but i was just saying like as a baby i have friends who have done it to their babies it there's no stitches involved nothing it's like a quick process they do it at like three days old usually in cape town they do it like very early on so that it heals quickly and there's no mm, you know recovery time is quick because it's a baby it's growing things heal much quicker for children 
than it does for adults. Right. Same thing with broken bones. Children heal really quick compared to adults do with broken bones. Okay. Um, so some of the risks that I looked at, or some of the benefits from having a circumcision were it's easier hygiene. Yeah. Um, circumcision makes it simple to wash the penis. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's easier for hygiene. Decreased risk of urine, urinary tract infections. I don't know how this one works. Decreased risk of sexually transmitted infections. Yes, because it gets stuck in the skin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And can I, afford I, a bit. Yes. And then this one, I did not know. Decreased risk of penile cancer. I did not know that one either. Yeah, interesting. So when you see stuff like that, you think, well, of course, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna get the snip for my, that's not the snip, the circumcision for my baby, so they don't have to do it and deal with it when they're older. But then am I taking the right away from them? What if they don't want to be circumcised? And what if it's something when they're older, they regret it? What if they do lose sensitivity? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel, I don't know. As parents, it's really hard because you don't want to make the wrong decision and then your child's upset and you don't want to make another decision and they're upset. Because either way, they will be upset. They're going to be like, why didn't you... um, why didn't you get me circumcised? You know, my cousin was like that. Like, why didn't you just do it when I was young? Because now I have to do it when I'm an adult. So yeah. I see it from that point of view. But then I do hear a lot of other people. Um, when I was pregnant, one of our friends, they thought I was having a boy. And they were like, do not do it. I am very upset my parents did it for me. Because I felt like the my rights were taken away from me. And I was just like, hmm. For me, I was just like, okay. And luckily, I had a girl. Um, but, the, you know, I don't yeah. know. Well, I, I remember what our friend said to us about um, the sensitivity issue. And it's shown here that foreskin is more sensitive than the uncircumcised gland um, mucosa, which means that after circumcision, genuinely, sensitivity is lost. Mm. So if someone's been circumcised from a baby and they enjoy sex and uh, they have sensitivity, they're not going to know the difference. Yeah. So they're not going to know like what it is like. So maybe they enjoy it, but maybe they have lost sensitivity, but they don't realise yeah, they would it, be more and, sensitive and if they me, had more And for me, it's very weird because I, everyone's like, oh, you don't have sensitivity. But I'm like, but you are not. So how do you know? And and the person who is, how do they know they've lost? You know yeah. what I mean? So you can only ask people who have, like, you know, my cousin and the person you know as well, that they have, you can ask them, like, how is sex? Like, he thinks for him, his he says it's better for him now. Right. after he's had it but it's different for other people who have had the surgery and it's you know they like regret it so mm. um, it's interesting it's obviously I'm having a boy it's something I've got to think about yeah. and I don't I'm really conflicted I yeah. actually have no idea what to do but it did get us on this topic because we were discussing it like do we have the right to make choices for our kids about their bodies yeah it's the same thing as I have a girl. It's not the same thing as circumcision, but ear piercings. Uh-huh. Um, I had mine done before I even remember. I was very little. I was a baby. I have a friend who has the, her kids' ears pierced since they were like six months old. Yeah. And I wanted to do that for Kira, and my husband was 
strongly against it he was like i don't want you to just go and do that to my child i i I had joked the other time she had clip-ons and was like oh i got it done and he was really upset i could tell he was was yeah he was really he was like why would you go do that after i've told you how i feel about her getting her ears pierced and then i'm like oh no i'm just joking it's clip-ons and he's like why would you joke like that you know because he really believes that if she wants it she we can go as a family he likes to go as a family together Mm-hmm. get it done together and you know hype it up even with her haircut because he was like it's a big deal for children to be able to make the decision for themselves about their own body yeah so i you know luckily had a girl and ears piercing is not the same thing as circumcision um but i do think it's now more i don't know acceptable to let kids make their decisions about because before in the 90s people made decisions for their yeah, children yeah yeah right? yeah yeah it's thinking in the long run isn't it like what what how we think about our bodies like oh i wish my mum had done that or i wish my mum had taught me about uh, eating healthier say mm. like or things like that you know like but when you're changing their body yeah that's a big thing so um I, i'm really i'm really conflicted about whether or not i would get my baby's penis circumcised i think you can do a lot of research yeah i need to do a lot more pros and cons talk to your partner yeah Um, i definitely and if anyone out there listening wants to just send us a message and let us know what they went through and how they came on to the decision maybe you're against it maybe you're pro it and what the reasons yeah please let us know i need to know okay and we spoke about this a little bit last week so we're going to speak a bit more in detail anti-vaxxers not vaccinating your ch- children and we're not just talking about covid because covid now when we hear the word vaccine we automatically think covid no we're just talking about vaccines in general in general but children vaccination yes. so i looked this up i was really really i am a pro vaxxer i don't judge people who don't vaccinate their kids i don't judge people who do i don't mind if you do and don't want to do it um but i I will do it for my own children. And uh-huh. I do think that I um, will think a little bit weird that if you're somebody who doesn't want to vaccinate because you think it's going to cause all these extra problems, um, I just think that you have to do your research behind every single um, vaccination that you're giving your but, child. Okay, so let's just play the devil's advocate. What if I'm a parent who doesn't want to vaccinate because I'm like, it's my child's choice. Yeah. And they can make those choices okay. when they're older. That's fine. But you know, you your child needs an immunity, right? Mm-hmm. And when you are, when you give birth, the last trimester is when you are giving your child all the antibodies that you have. Mm-hmm. So if you previously were not vaccinated for a certain thing, let's say the measles, and your child gets it, they are not protected. Mm. It's very dangerous. Your child, it, it always ends up that kids die, because, babies die, because it's something that you need to be vaccinated Well, for. I looked at it here as well, and it did say, like, um, not just, sometimes you have to not just think about your child, but uh, other people around you as well, yeah. and people getting seriously ill. And it says, do you know people are around um, sick and unamused, 
unmunitized, I can't say that word. Unimmunitized. Unimmunitized children at risk of contracting disease or vice versa. So when you get sick, your grandchildren, children, and their parents may be at risk too. Adults are the most common source um, of whooping cough. So getting an infection um, in infants, which can be deadly for babies. So this is coming back to that parenting as well. Like you have to think like what's dangerous. And I think a lot of people think that vaccines are dangerous. That's why they don't do it. They're scared of getting vaccines because they think it's dangerous. Yeah. And also they cause autism in children. This is what a lot Mm -hmm. of anti-vaxxers have told me. And if you go and research it, it has not been proven that vaccines give autism. It just happens that you vaccinate your child and then you find out your child has autism. So... You know, every parent has the right. And so I just wanted to read something as well because you, as a mom, mm-hmm. protect your child. So this is a type of immunity that is called passive immunity because your baby is given the antibodies rather than making it themselves. So you are passing it on when you give birth to a baby. And that will last in a baby's system up to six months. So okay. that is why most children get a lot of vaccinations after six months. Yes, when your baby's born, they do ask you to vaccinate, do all these extra things up to six months, but it's not as much. Right. And after they hit the six months, you just keep taking them back every like i think every month up until a year and then after a year you only come back uh, uh, i think at 18 months again and then at two years old and i just think you as a parent you need to make sure you research it and um find out the pros and cons and do it for your child because you are protecting your your child and also other children Others. that are around yeah. you. Um, it's really crazy when you read some of the facts as well. Like vaccines prevent uh, prevent diseases, preventable diseases could lead to lifelong disabilities. For example, measles mm. could lead to blindness. Yeah, and then um, if you get polio, it can paralyze you. And these are things to and or give you permanent disability and death. Like these are things to really think about. Like these are the choices we should be making for yeah. our children. And I always say this. I have many friends that are anti-vaxxers, and I just think, you know, you it just takes that one time your child getting sick, and either you God forbid lose your child or your child gets a permanent you know disability from that thing and then you'll be like telling people to do vaccinations because of you know what you're going through yeah yeah so i always say like do you want to risk that for your child to go through all that just for you to be like oh okay i should have vaccinated my child yeah whereas it just takes you it doesn't take you much you do the research take your child it's quick in and out i always went in and out and that was it i have friends who would send me these all these like horrific stories about kids getting really ill after vaccination or getting autism but it's not linked it's like oh yes i got vaccinated and then my child got autism but that's what i was going to say like a lot of these parents they do come back with all these facts that they've researched and say oh but it, you don't know um there's not been enough research in this or it can lead to this or lead to that either or yeah. like i always say to people you will always find things that are pro and you'll always find things that are against it yeah there's never ever you will never be able to find that like 
balance yeah. between the two things you people who are against it will always have all these things to back up their information and people who are for it will always have things right can counter so i always say like you need to do what's best for your child um and you know put your pride aside because sometimes it's not just to do with your child it's like the parent is so set in their way mm-hmm. and they're like we're always anti-vaxxers and they're like no i will not give in to any and like you know yeah 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 no i religious get it. Yeah. people they yeah. they would be like <gasps> yeah no like, religiously if like my child is transfusion yes. things like that so yeah i do feel that you need to just put aside your pride and make sure that you're catering to your kids needs and, and that's a choice that i feel like i stand quite strong on like they're the choices you should make yes but what about choosing to put your child on social media Yes, so I was just told you this earlier that I put my child on social media all the time and I don't even think about it. And now I've realized someone posted about it and being like, you know, you're putting your child out there. It's not their mm. choice. Maybe they don't want to be. And I was just telling you, like, I was thinking of deleting all of Kira's pictures and videos that I put up of her. Yeah. You know, I just... I am so proud of my child that I made this human and she's but so that's great. What I'm, that's what I was thinking, like... It's, it's hard to say that you can't share yeah. your child and your family and your life with, with the world, but also with your friends and family, because that's predominantly the most people that you're trying to share it with. It's not just random people, yes. is it? and I just don't have... I used to not have my social media on public. I only put it on public because, you know, we're doing this podcast and I want to be able to reach a wider audience. So now you're thinking more about it. But now I'm thinking more about it and I've and I don't want to come across as someone who is using my child for money, for money or, or using my child to get famous. And we definitely don't make any money from this podcast. So no, it's no, not don't. to do with that. Yeah. You know, like I just and at the same time I have a lot of I'm sure I have a lot of friends on my Instagram from before I had kids like oh now she just shares pictures of her kids like I realized that I don't share any more pictures like of my dogs of my of myself where mm. I used to take some selfies um it's, I just think you know as a mom you you forget that not everybody wants to see your kid and you you also have uh, to balance it definitely you know? everyone forgets um, that and I just I always want to share like oh my gosh my child is so smart or like oh my gosh she's so cute I want to just put it out there and so show do, the world so what is your opinion on it do you think it's a bad thing to put your child on know. social media like I don't know it's really and... difficult because I don't know either like when I give birth I'm gonna want to put pictures on Instagram for my mum to see and like you know especially when you live abroad yes. you know you you're not in contact with these people as like your friends and your family alec was saying to me you put it out there so you also need to be willing to take the criticism if someone Mm -hmm. says something like i have such a negative nancy's out there not just being a mom like they post about their kids but i'll post things like i work a full-time job you know that so i will post things like no childcare today I'm not feeling well. Kira's not feeling well. We've tested her for COVID. She's just got the sniffles, but you have mom guilt because you're like, oh, I need to send her to school. That's the only way I have someone to look after her for the day. Then I have someone sending me things like, oh, you don't care about other people. How dare you? Now you're putting everyone out. I'm like, no, she just has the sniffles. It's not like... She doesn't have COVID, yeah. yeah, Or she doesn't have a temperature. Of course, if she has a temperature, we'll keep her home. And then I just... And then it makes you feel bad because you have moms out there like, oh... And she tested negative, so she didn't have COVID. This wasn't during COVID time anyways. It was like a few months ago. And I just felt like 
these parents don't understand because they are stay-at-home parents. So they are like, oh, I just keep her at home with me. I'm like, I can't stay home. Yeah. I don't think you realize as a working parent what hard decisions you have to make as a parent. And so sometimes I do feel like, do I put too much out there that people feel like they have the right to be able to tell me like, oh, what you're doing, I don't agree with it. And I just think you're a bad parent. You should stay home with your kid if they're sick or whatever, you know. Um, so I was thinking about that, like, Am I sharing too much about Kira out there? Do you think about what she's going to think when she's older? No. No. I've not ever thought that. Okay, because because I think we don't have a big social media following. But if we did, and it went up to millions, would you think differently? I would think a bit differently because I wouldn't want, like, people maybe coming up to her and being like, hey, I see you, and you're so cute. You know, I don't want her to get that big head about it like i feel like children who grow up on social media and they get famous yeah they tend to think they're better than people okay without you looking at my notes i want to i've got a couple of things here that are risks for kids being online okay or things that can affect them what do you think some of those are so what what would you say is like the number one risk of being on online for a child i feel that they eliminate child pornography because that's obvious okay yeah. I was going to say, I feel like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking more like they get, they think that they're better than others and they have a... Um, so a big ego, inflated yes. ego. And also maybe, um, also like, they get treated differently, so they don't know what it's like to be an actual real child. Okay, you, so that's yeah. really interesting you've gone that way. Okay, anything else? Um, also, uh, being recognized... It's kind of um, similar. No, 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 but being oh. recognized as being like... Uh, you're putting your child out there, so people who are predators... Yeah. like, you are you are feeding their, like, you know... Maybe they can go onto your stuff and take screenshots of your kid and you don't know what they're doing with the pictures. Kind of child pornography. Yes. Yeah. Kind of, but so like they're not the, in that way. It's... But okay. at the same time, I do think that it is good, like, if something happens... And you go on social media and you're like, hey, my child went missing. I'm, I'm just going to the extreme. Yeah, like, positive. You know, um, people know what your kid looks like. So they can look out for them. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what your child looks like. Um, I can come help you look for her. Not, I'm just saying like there was once where I lost Kira in uh, a shopping mall parking and I freaked out and was like, my child looks in like Taiwan, this. In Taiwan, obviously. Yes, in yeah. Taiwan. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I took my eyes off her for a second and I, I ran around saying she's got, she's got short on she had pink she looks white white (laughs) yeah foreigner kept telling people like she looks like a foreigner she does not look like me okay stop looking for an asian child it's a white child she's got green eyes she's got blonde hair it's curly it's dirty blonde it doesn't look like blonde like i was trying to explain everything yeah yeah. and i was starting to like hyperventilate and then this woman's like oh there's like a western child sitting in one of those riding carts (laughs) is that your kid and i looked and it was her yeah you know because she stands out i just thought if i did touch wood if something really bad like that happened and, it's and she was lost it's traceable because she's all over the social media I find it really interesting that you go to that because I don't go to that and um, a couple of facts that I found also that is, is something that I think about um, your social media posts might be used for bullying in the future oh. so when she goes to school yes, they, if people know who she is they'll use that as a way to bully her yeah. which I found interesting could impact so it can impact your child's future right um 
jobs mm. when she's older that could impact when people know a lot about you or can take pictures of you or you're go- really go- we're all googleable yeah. we can all we can all go on and kind of find out who's who and what's what but the more information you have on that then the more a job can discriminate against you yes. and find out about you um sharing puts your t- child at risk of and this is a big one because it's something we're all at risk of at the moment and we don't think about is digital kidnapping so now people can use your voice your face oh yes and and they they create the yes i've seen that so once you've done that my child yes she's then up for digital kidnapping and the bullying thing yes and you've allowed that and you always have to allow so advertisements maybe could use it have you watched the recent black mirror yes it's like that. The new Black Mirror yes, with the yes, yes, with yes, they're stealing her life. Yes. Yes, it's like that. Digital kidnapping. Oh my god, watch it. It's really good, guys. And uh, what else was it? Yeah, did I'll just tell you a bit about digital kidnapping. It's a type of identity theft. It occurs when someone takes photos of a child from social media and repurposes them with new names and identities, often claiming that the child is their own. Oh. Well, how weird you know, is that? It's odd. That's weird, right? Yes. So, um, also because they may start to, when they grow older, they may start to feel embarrassed about the content that their parents post about them on social media. Okay, so yes, I did think about that. I was like, maybe she wouldn't want me to post these things. So, I have a lot of videos that like that I took a few days ago, and mm-hmm. I decided not to post them because I just, I've been trying, like I post a few pictures from holidays, and she's always in them. But I used to post like funny videos of her dancing and stuff. And I've stopped doing that because I just worry that she's not going to be happy with me for putting it up. But I'm just like so happy to just share her with the world that I just feel like I need to, as a mom, realize that not everybody cares about it. And why do I need to share it? I just feel like so proud. Like I made this. Because it could be anything that you you post. It could be funny photos. It can be updates on their development and behavioral changes. All of those things. And then they have to look back at it when they're older and be like, oh, this was for everyone to see. Now we can't relate to that because we didn't have all of this when we were younger. So we can relate to watching maybe a videotape of ourselves and going, oh no, but this is constant mm. it's all over the media yeah so that's Social why media. i'm just like mm. i think the digital kidnapping is the one that that freaks me out especially but someone pretending that my child is their child yeah that's creepy yeah because that's dangerous because say you did lose your child that person can come forward and go it's my child it's creepy right yeah. it's so creepy west meets east the beauty standards, especially towards children, but also towards adults in Asia versus Western, yeah. Western cultures. Okay, so you've got a really good experience with this as a mixed woman, half, you're half German, half Asian. Yes, but I um, grew up in South Africa, so it was not a, like a special thing. They'd no, never... but you, but that's it. You had a reverse. Yes. You, you did get we... treated differently because of the way you look. Yes, but I got treated differently because... Because their beauty standards are different. Yes. But also like... Um, yeah. Um, but I got bullied at school because I looked more, I look Asian. Mm-hmm. And if I don't tell people that I'm mixed, people will not know unless I'm in Asia. Asian people can tell I'm mixed, but that's the only race that looks at me and like, oh, okay, you look mixed to me. It's very rare that I see like a Westerner and they're like, oh, you're mixed, you know? So, um, I was 
you know, our beauty standards is dark skin, um, maybe, you know, light eyes or dark eyes. Doesn't matter what color eyes you have. In South Africa. Yes, but dark skin is the one that we want. And it makes, because it, it means that you surf, that you are living the life of, you know, a free person and you look healthy. Like my dad's German. They Germans love to tan. They just like a tan. It makes you feel like you've been on holiday, right? So mm. every time I'd go back to visit, I've always been very light skinned. Um, my dad would be like, you look sick. Like you need to go in the sun. Yeah. Whereas my mom was the opposite. My mom's like, you don't go in the sun. You need to, the whiter you are, the prettier. You look so nice when you're whiter. Yeah. And beauty standards across the world are so different. I remember going to Italy and someone shouted at me in Italian that I looked like a great white shark because I was too pale. (laughs) Yeah. And then my friend Agnese told me, oh, I'm really sorry. He's very rude. And I was like, oh, what did he say? He, oh, he referred to you looking like a great white shark, too white. And I was like, oh, oh, how rude. But I get it in England as well, Cheryl. When I go back to England, if people know I live in a hot country, they're always really shocked by it. And I had a barman once. I went and I was really excited to get my first pint going back to England after three years because of COVID. And he was just like, oh, how come you've not been here for three years? And I was like, oh, I live in Taiwan. He's like, well, it can't be a hot country. <laughs> and I was just like, well, fine. But then here, I get complimented all the time because mm. my skin's really fair. So I looked into Asian beauty standards, and here, they they like you to have big eyes, mm-hmm. a tall nose, a small frame which is skinny, and a fair complexion. So Asian favor innocent like beauty and a slim physique. Western standards seek. Um, sensuality and more prominent hourglass figure Mm -hmm. so in like England and I know in America they prefer you to have big boobs like tiny waist a bum you know my husband when I first met him he was like you're not my typical type I was much slimmer back then and he was like I like thunder thighs he literally said I like thunder thighs and bum and I looked at him I was like I'm really sorry I don't have any of those and then he's like and boobs but he was like, but I'm not a boob man, I, I like a bum. And then I was just looking at myself in the mirror like, why are you with me? Yeah, oh no. And now after I gave birth, he was like, this can stay. And he like grabbed my bum and grabbed my legs. He's like, and this can stay. And oh. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's really nice for a man then to like, it's nice that your body changed, but in more like of an hourglass way. Yeah, he was like, I like it. This, we can make a baby anytime. I'm like, oh, oh okay, great. thank you. Um, but yeah. So in East Asian society, they they really do emphasize on looking as thin as possible. Yeah. And they do like to be thin. I call it skinny fat here mm. because they're really skinny, but they're not toned. Mm, yeah. It's like... Um, it's like flabby. I can't flabby, explain it. Like yeah. Soft, soft. Yeah, because it's, they don't care about... It's not about being healthy just as long as they're skinny. And skinny is healthy to them. In Korea... They like to have the nine to one ratio, which is where the body is nine times as long as the head. Yes. So um, Western standards, according to the paper published by Harvard University, Western beauty ideals include being thin and tall, having long hair, having light tan skin, having big breasts, large eyes, a small nose and high cheekbones. So there are some similarities, but obviously the biggest one is being tanned. Yeah. That's definitely a not a thing here. No. Being ta- having tan skinned is not a thing here. Um, being slender and thin is definitely a still a thing here. But they fixate on having double eyelids, so big oh, eyes okay. and the this, tall nose. This is a thing I had when mm-hmm. I moved here. No, 
not even when I moved here. I have family members that live here and friends and they kept talking to me about these double eyelids, single eyelids and double single. You know, there's that... Double single. Okay, so there is double eyelids, double single and single eyelids. So double single is you have a double eyelid, but when you open your eyes, it becomes a single. And then you have ones like yours, your one is a double, and then mine is a double single, so I have both. So when I open my eyes, I have like, you know, it's it, if I cry or if I have swollen eyes, it becomes a double eyelid, and then, and then it becomes a double single. And then you have just a single, so even when you open and close, it just, there's just, it's just a slit. It, there's no like, it's a very... Um, Feng Mian, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my cousin who had the surgery... They put like a line in and then they tighten it so then it becomes a double eyelid. She was like, oh, I've never seen a mixed girl like you that you have double single. And I'm like, why? what's the... Like, what's she's a double like, single? I'm confused. Double single is like this, like my eyes. What's, what's, I, what's, I what have a double eyelid, but my double eyelid is so little that it is also considered a single. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was just like so confused. Like, why? Why can a mixed person... Uh, have both you know like she was like people want to have surgery and do the and but she's like but you have big eyes like, yeah she went on and on about it like you have big eyes but you have this double single and most people want just double and big eyes and they do the surgery where they cut and they cut so that it makes it bigger and i was just saying to her like i don't care but it yeah. was a big thing here yeah, like it's a huge, huge thing it's such a huge thing here. i was like if you have a single eyelid and you tighten it to make it bigger it's just going to be a single eyelid that just looks weird like it was just like what are you guys doing even if you cut it your eye shape is still going to be the same size like i don't understand yeah and it just was such a big thing when i moved here like my cousin was went on and on about it like when i would meet people she would point it out to people and it would irritate me because i'm just like and they wear those stickers as well don't they on their eyelids yes and you can see it's a sticker yeah it's really bizarre um but, but the problem with that is, especially being a Westerner in Taiwan, you know, obviously we spoke about this, it, it does affect your self-confidence and people question stuff all the time. And Taiwanese people are very upfront with telling you what they think about how you look. Yeah. They're very upfront with it. But my problem is when they do it to children. And that seems to be an issue. Oh, yeah. Like, and I had an... Um, I went to my boyfriend's house last week, his parents' house, and I told them I announced I was having a boy. And they, well, first of all, they told me that they knew I was having a boy because I'm less beautiful. (laughs) And Colin had to like, Colin heard all of this in Chinese. I was like, what are they saying? What are they saying? Like, translate for me. My Chinese isn't good enough. Especially theirs, their Chinese. They speak very... Uh, country yeah. I, can't, I can't understand them so um he was just like no it's too offensive to translate it's too <laughs> offensive to translate i was like no what are they saying and he was just like oh well they're saying that when you have a boy you will look less beautiful when you have a girl you look more beautiful and i was just like well i don't believe that anyway but they were just like we knew you were having a boy because you look less beautiful oh my gosh so i was just like okay and then they went on to say like i was like, i just wonder what he's gonna look like you know because we are a multicultural like by multicultural relationship he is very asian looking i am very caucasian looking um how's that gonna blend and they were just like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and then his sister was like oh i hope he gets your eyes and your nose (laughs) 
And I was like, no, you've got to stop this mentality of white is better and big eyes is better and a tall nose is better. Like, I said to them, like, I don't care if my baby looks Asian. Mm. There's nothing wrong with looking Asian. Yeah. Like, they're so fixated I on looking to Western. be honest, though, like, this is why I have an issue with it because all my life I look more Asian. My dad's very, very, like, white. Yeah. At blonde, blonde hair, blue, blue eyes and, like, fair skin. And I always was asked, like, why do you look so Asian? And I just was like, I can't choose. Like, yeah. Do you think I told whoever made me, like, hey, I don't want to, I want to look Asian. No. And so it was always growing up, I just felt like it was bad to look Asian. But this is, I feel like this is how they act now here yeah. about themselves. Yeah. Um, and the Westerners here don't make it better either because they have mixed babies and then they get obsessed with their baby looking more white than they do. And they get so myth. offended if you're like, oh, your baby looks Asian. Like, like I, what what I mean is like, there is Asian in your baby. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, don't say that. It's like, how is that offensive? So I think I'm going to be really defensive and I need to learn to overcome that because it's going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen here in Asia. They get like you know just like you were saying my mom my mom was like hey when you were pre- when you were pregnant i was pregnant she was like you need to put pictures up of famous people that you like because then your baby will come out looking like them what a load and, of bs and then she was like she didn't tell me put up pictures of myself she was like put up pictures of like audrey hepburn all these like models and they were all white westerners and i was just like mom you do know that I am very Asian looking and I had this impression that my baby was going to come out really Asian because of how I came out. Mm. So the first thing I said when she was, when she came out of me in the video, you can hear me being like, she looks Asian. And the, and the more the days went on, I was like, oh no, she's like, you know, like she's like losing her Asianness and becoming more. And I'm not saying it's bad to have a Western baby. I just was like, it's so many people here since I was little, even in South Africa, I was always seen, no one knew I was mixed. Like they yeah. were always like, oh, you're Asian, Asian, Asian. So I never thought anything. And then I came here and when people would find, they would be like, oh, but you don't, you're so pretty. They'd say that first. They'd be like, oh, you're very pretty. And and then they'd be like, um, are both your parents? Taiwanese and I and, and then if they would ask Ugh, me that I, hate I would it all be in Chinese and then I'd say oh no my mom's Taiwanese and my dad's German. and they're like oh that's why you're pretty yeah and I hate and that would and never be like oh you're pretty because you're just pretty kind of like, just- I thought yesterday his because uh, it was obviously we're pre-recording this so when I went it was yesterday um I thought his parents had said oh, if it's a girl, it will be beautiful like you. But if it's a boy, it will be ugly like him. (laughs) But she didn't. She just said, oh, you look ugly because you're having a boy, basically. And I, but Cheryl, I would rather that than her say that my baby would be ugly. I felt more defensive about her saying that my baby might be ugly. No, no. And I'm just like, guys, come on. And I am a bit, I have to be honest, I am a bit fixated on what it's going to look like. Because what he's going to look like. I'm curious, but I'm worried no don't be worried um i just think you know even if your child does is a like i sent pictures to everybody when my child was born like look at my beautiful child and now i see the picture and i'm just like oh my god they're gosh. all ugly when they're first born no, i was they? just like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and and i think people you know when you're a mom you will always think your child is beautiful i'm gonna even think if he's someone be- else yes. thinks they're ugly. i am gonna think he is really beautiful but i did speak to my friend chloe we're very similar and i did speak to my cousin emma she's my family and we all said the same thing if i say this to anyone here they go no but i said this to them and they completely 100 percent agree with me 
my baby's either going to be really good looking or really weird looking. Yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. There's just okay. no in between. And and that's fine. I don't care what my baby looks like. I care that other people care what my yeah. baby looks like. So then it makes me care because I'd Offensive. rather it be positive yeah. than negative. You know? So I used to be- get so offended when people would say things about Kira. Like so many old amas, which is grandmas here. There was one Amma who kept saying Kira is not pretty, not pretty, and then pointing at another child, being like, "This child's pretty, this child's pretty." And I just want to put it out there: I don't care if my child's not pretty. What I'm saying is, if there's two children sitting there, don't compare, don't compare and say one child's prettier than the other. That really pissed me off. I was really irritated that day. Yeah. I re- and I remember I was so upset that I went home and I cried. And then my <sighs> husband was like, "What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "No, I just don't like it when people point out like, no, that one's not cute. But that one's not cute." Do you know cute. what? That wouldn't happen in England and it if it did I would me. be really surprised people don't comment to your face that openly and that casually about the way you physically look about your beauty and about a child yeah, in that it just, way it just really people me. so here they are really really casual about it and really offensive and they don't really? realize they're being offensive so that is a massive difference with our West meets East this week um I think that's all we've got time for today yeah so I am excited for our next episode because I do think we're going to be doing something a bit different. Yes. But I'm not going to say what. Yes. We will keep you guys updated. But enjoy your trip in Japan. Yes, thank you. Um, And you enjoy your trip to Kunti. I will. And we will be posting on social media. Pictures and everything. And and you will see. Let's see how I go with, you know, taking my child off social media. Or maybe I'll just leave her on. Especially in Disneyland. I want to see her reaction. I know. That is why. Um, Anyways, we will see. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.